0: I'm sitting in bed with Franklin right now and he is looking so fucking adorable. He just like flipped over. He's got like all four paws in the air. Oh, it's great. I haven't gotten up in like probably an hour and a half because a i've been power reading and b franklin came and curled up on me and i have to pee so fucking bad oh no (laughs) but i've just been like i can't stop reading i can't stop cat cuddling everything is too (laughs) important (laughs) gotta
1: get it done yeah um i am sadly catless right now
0: (gasps) so wait hang on Uh uh-huh you have no cats. What happened to your cats? I feel like I don't know what's going on in your life right now. You had a conference, <laughs> you had a birthday, you had a lot of things all together. You don't have no. any cats. What's going on? Updates, Julia. A
1: lot of a lot of things are happening. So I did I did have a conference. The uh annual anti-hunger policy conference for anyone who goes to that. <laughs> <Ooh-hoo-hoo>. <laughs> wishes to go to that. We have it every year. Um so, I guess cats out of the bag who I work for now. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Joke's on you, I don't actually work for the people who put it on. I mean, I do, but they're a parent organization. So, it's put on by Frack and Feeding America. Ah. Anyway, I was at that this weekend. So, oh I did goodness. a lot of learning about anti-hunger work across the country, Ooh. which is important. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Learning a lot about SNAP, which I personally don't work with, but other people in my office do. Nice. Learned a lot about school nutrition, which I do work with. Yeah. And then we did some hill visits. So talking to our our friendly neighborhood representatives and some senators. Wow. Look at you, fancy bitch. not, Not that fancy. I was talking to their legislative aides, who in my opinion, might even be more important to talk to because they're the ones dealing with specific policy portfolios. But But, you also had a birthday. That, yeah, that's right. I completely ignored my birthday in preparation for this conference. And so I decided, well, I decided I'm postponing it a month. Oh, okay. So I'm going to plan... Hopefully, I haven't even looked at the calendar. Is not March yet? It's not March. It's
0: not March yet. Let Julia, me come up. Do you think I wouldn't have immediately <laughs> said that it was my birthday month if it was March? <laughs> All right, let me flip this calendar to March. So when is the 21st? Oh, the
1: 21st of March is also on a Thursday. Okay, well, I can make that work. So i'm going to be celebrating my birthday on march 21st
0: (laughs) okay fair (laughs) because i'm refusing to let my 30th birthday go by unmentioned yes fair oh my god julia this is the first year as a child i was always so mad that julia's birthday came first because i was like too dumb to understand that like even though you're younger (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm older. Why doesn't my birthday come first? So, this is the it first happens year. every year. <laughs> I know. I was like, and it never changes. Why?
1: <laughs> yeah, so congratulations. Your birthday will unofficially, officially
0: be <laughs> coming first this year. Thank you. My childhood self is very happy. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, anyway, I. Still want to do something fun and self pampering for my 30th birthday. Yeah. I just like absolutely did not have time to deal with it yeah, on my fair. actual birthday. So, yeah, but the good news is I worked all weekend long. And so I get two extra days to use this month, next month. It's not March yet to use in March. <laughs> oh, woohoo! two extra days that don't count against my vacation time so yay that's nice um yeah so i can make myself a nice little four-day weekend and maybe go somewhere fun like the beach
0: oh my god do you want to come meet me in uh oh no the 21st i think we, we won't be near the beach but for my birthday on tour we're actually going to be in miami Oh, have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God. So tell us why. So, did you leave the cats with uh, mom and dad while you were at the conference?
1: Yeah. So, I went down on, on Friday to Virginia and dropped, dropped my poor cats off who are, they're probably having a great time there. But it's not, they're not suffering.
0: No, no. I'm sure they're running around and, well, at least Junie is.
1: Yeah. But I did. So, I, I have been a little bit concerned about Mushu's weight. Oh no! He's he seems he seems like he's losing weight. Apparently, oh. he's he's not. But I made mom take him to the vet anyway. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> I was like, while wow, I'm gone, <laughs> yeah. And while you have him, uh, yeah. okay. All of this is your responsibility now. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So actually, he and Ari both had vet visits over the weekend while I was at the conference, and both of them have to have their teeth taken out! Oh, no, no, what?! I know! I mean, I knew it was coming for Ari, because she just has, like, terrible... she has a, a genetic condition, everyone. Yeah. Don't don't be too sad for, for her. She actually will do much better without her teeth, because her uh, immune system is apparently she's, like, allergic to her own tartar
0: Oh, I didn't know so, that's what it was. That's crazy. Yeah, so her, her her immune
1: system is uh acting out against the the plaque on her teeth, so her gums Aww. are like constantly inflamed. So she does actually need her teeth taken out or at least some of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but Mushu's just getting up there in age. He's just kind of kind of an old guy and so he Aww. needs he needs his uh his loose wiggly teeth out. Oh no, <laughs> poor loose yeah. wiggly guy. Poor loose wiggly guy. But I did Google it because I was like, oh my god, toothless cat. Like, how will they ever survive? And Google assured me that cats actually do fine without their teeth. <laughs> oh, okay. So I I calmed down a little bit and then looked at the price tag and panicked again. And uh... but now I'm back to just accepting. And they okay. will have they will have their teeth out and it will be fine. and I will do a better job of taking care of the teeth that they have left after they have their extractions and deep cleaning. Oh.
0: Poor buddies. But
1: yeah, I don't know which teeth are coming out, so I guess it'll be a surprise which teeth are coming out, but I think at least Mushu is losing his fangs. Oh, yeah. Sad day.
0: That is sad. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, when yeah. is that happening? Uh, So Mushu,
1: I think, is going in like the ninth, maybe. He's not. I was hoping that they could get him in this week because I'm going back on either this Friday or Saturday to pick Chuny up and I was hoping to pick oh. Toothless Mushu up as well oh. <laughs> but it, it sounds like he doesn't have an appointment until sometime the next week so I'll go back or mom will come up I don't know somehow I'll get Mushu back after he has his teeth removed but oh. he's staying for an extra week oh buddy that's so yeah. sad
0: that's so crazy both of them at the same time needed them out
1: I know I guess I should have I should have figured Mushu has been I thought I didn't know Mushu's teeth were getting so bad so fast the vet has always been like he has some tartar on his teeth and I like try to give him dental treats and you know put the like stuff in the water to that's supposed to help I don't know but I'm not very good at like brushing their teeth or like taking care of them on a daily basis other than like crunchy food and dental treats and things like that
0: well I did watch you brush Ari's teeth
1: once I do try to brush Ari's teeth every day and that's because I know she has a special condition oh (laughs) and needs the extra help so she unfortunately hasn't been living with me for quite some time and so I don't think her teeth have been getting brushed on the daily like I would like them to be sure sure but I also think that she was probably needing this anyway
0: that probably would have happened anyway
1: yeah and I actually reading about her condition online it does say that one of the treatments is to like remove some of the teeth at first because the something about the like It'll help reduce the plaque is basically, like, what happens because it doesn't, like, build up so much, I guess, if there's not those, like, tight crevices. Well, or the
0: teeth. I mean,
1: does the plaque, like, yeah, live or on the teeth? teeth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, like, reduced teeth space in her mouth. But then I think it's also easier to, like, care for the remaining teeth if there's, like, more space oh, in between them.
0: I see what you're saying. Yes. I don't All know. Right. I, I think they're, like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, there are a couple. There are a couple benefits to removing the teeth. A couple theories as to why it would help this particular condition. Yeah, is, oh,
0: well, is how it goes. Also, keep us posted. I hope it goes well. I mean, I'm sure because it sounds like Mike's probably doing it, right? Or his vet, or someone in his vet. Yeah, office. so yeah. they're in good hands.
1: So yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I mean, it's something that I mean, Herbert's had his teeth removed also, not all of them, but like, he's had extractions too. So I think it's just part of the life of part
0: of the cat
1: who eats wet food.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I feel like, uh, so I know you and I had talked a lot about wet food versus dry food. And it does seem like that's such a, a thing that's out there. Like, I feel like you can talk to Any handful of people and get just the completely opposite answers and like really adamant too. Like, I always hear people be like, Well, I feed my cat nothing but wet food and I feed my cat nothing but dry food. Mm -hmm. And I've even had vets tell me like all these really different things. But I feel like one of the things you said was always that I'm sure you, you know, heard from a vet at some point made a lot of sense to me that if you're only feeding them wet food, then they don't get a chance to like use their teeth to really like keep them sharp and you know working properly yeah I don't know how much they need to keep their
1: teeth sharp but yeah if they're eating all wet food then they don't get that like abrasive crunching action that the dry food gives them so it doesn't really like the wet food only builds the tartar up it doesn't like scrape anything
0: off yeah and then I also I mean I think a combo is probably I mean it's been really good for ours because i've heard too that wet food helps hydrate cats because i have i have heard that too have Mm -hmm. you yeah i heard one vet just told me point blank like cats are really bad they just like forget to drink water and i was like (laughs) yep i see that john and i always joke that like we watch our cats drink water and we're like are you drinking all the water you require for one day because they just like (laughs) sit there and they're like you know just like so long right So, like, I think a combo is kind of good. I mean, at least that's really worked for us. And I'm sure it's, like, different for every cat and different Mm -hmm. person. And So, guys, don't let anyone bully you into either one is basically what I'm saying. Because I think it's... Yeah, just
1: do the best you can. Cats are pretty
0: self-sufficient.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So, I don't think... I mean, as long as you're feeding them something, they're probably
0: happy and healthy. Yeah. Oh, we'll keep us posted. I hope that goes well. I know it will. But just let us know well speaking of another cat that is oh god what was that sorry that was my floor creaking (laughs) oh my god that was your floor it sounded like you were opening a trap door (laughs) i just stepped on a particularly creaky floorboard. (laughs) did you become like a gang of the (laughs) scooby-doo mystery machine and just like open a like a no. floorboard sorry I think
1: that every time I walk around I'm like oh god this is definitely coming out on the recording like it's so <laughs> loud <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard it that was really, really funny okay. yeah Good, because I walk around a lot and my floor
0: is just like so <laughs> loud oh so you're doing chores while we're recording huh <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> Fair. oh man well I was gonna say um that speaking of another cat that was you know not having a really good time coco in these chapters oh my god man coco's got some uh coco got some action in
1: this these chapters
0: yeah guys a little bit i feel like we should like tease it now and then go through the full chapters and then go back to it okay maybe just like a teeny bit maybe we could just say actually it makes sense to say that like Holy crap, you guys. In this section, Julia was right, and Coco does get to do his dead body dance. Dead body dance. Dead body dance. Oh, also welcome to Paranormal Captivity where you <laughs> <bring> cat mysteries. <laughs> yeah. If you thought we were gonna be talking politics this whole time, sorry. <laughs> or you're welcome. <laughs> Little bit of both. Little bit of both. Um yeah, so these chapters, holy crap, a lot happened. I was like, okay, so I feel like I should preface this and say that I i did a really bad job keeping up with the reading this week. And I not only power read, but I also, this is so bad, I was reading like while I was driving. I was like doing all these errands what? today. And so I was like, what? <laughs> I have my phone like in my little like GPS holster, but I wasn't using GPS. I was using Kindle. <laughs> so, I was like flipping through and and actually got through Uh, it's terrible someone oh god I should not admit to this on a recording but I was like reading while I was doing chores and then I was reading while I was like making dinner tonight and I basically just like read throughout my entire like day today and basically um the whole time I was like either out in public or like amongst people who didn't know what I was privy to with this book and i just kept being like oh oh god oh my god you know like gasping and being like (laughs) surprised and like shocked and appalled and yeah it's pretty great i guess we should say too um we are still in the cat who could read backwards which is coco's origin story yeah we met coco for the first time we did we only met coco for the first time this is our third third episode of this installment, and we oh, only yeah. met Coco last episode. Well, last um, last episode was my ridiculous uh, live reading of Julia's birthday <laughs> poem. <laughs> 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 um, but the last episode, which was... was lovely. Oh, thank you, thank you so much, <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm a little bit embarrassed with my ridiculous masterpiece theater voice, but <laughs> it's out in the world now. So what are we gonna do? <laughs> Yeah, um, just keep listening to it. Yeah, yeah just keep listening. Um, the last time that we talked about this book, um, so two episodes ago, was the first time we met Coco a- in the whole series. Um, this is the first book in the series. And uh, yeah, Coco didn't come in until like chapter five, I think. And as like a little refresher, Quillerin is, this is the first time that we see him at the Daily Flexion. He's kind of coming out of like a really down stretch um, and he has decided to quit drinking. I think that's relatively new in his life in this book. And uh, he one of the first things we get in this section that we read. So we read chapters uh, five through no. Nine through 12. Nine through 12. That's right. Nine through 12. We stopped at 13. And then we'll read the last it they're only 16 chapters, so we'll read 14 through 16 next time. Thirteen um, through sixteen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> um but yeah, one of the big threads of this entire book is Quiller and realizing that he is a huge fucking cat person and just <laughs> cannot live without a cat. Um, he was cat sitting last last segment, last um section of chapters that we read and this time he's basically just like pining the whole time for his like wonderful times playing games with coco and like it's sad that coco is not like meeting him at the door anymore yeah he made
1: up a i think we talked about this he made up a game like an yeah. actual game that he keeps score with yeah the um, score is
0: really high and now and the score <laughs> is
1: incredibly high he has definitely played this game multiple times <laughs>
0: oh so many times yeah it's like i mean coco is still winning coco always wins but yeah it's like four twenty to like 409 or something like that and it's like oh my god so funny
1: it's like this has definitely been your entire night for like multiple weeks in a row
0: yeah yeah he really so basically um the crazy art critic has been out of town in new york um reviewing other arty things and um while he was gone, he, the art critic, has had Quilleran um, uh, watching Coco. Or Cow Kung, as he is to George Bonfield Montclemens, Clemens, the art critic. But to Quilleran, he's third. Coco. Oh, the third! Oh my god, excuse me, the third! <laughs> How could I forget? But yeah, to Quillerin, he is just Coco. And actually, we kind of start this section by hearing Quilleran kind of wondering, too, if Coco actually likes the crazy, like, high-end lifestyle that he lives with Mont Clemens. and I think, I mean, still a little bit selfishly being like, how could he like, you know, all of his fancy, like, art and reading newspapers more than playing, he calls it Sparrow, the game that he plays with Coco, than playing Sparrow with me. So I think uh, it almost seems like an X, you know, where like Quillaren's being like, how, what does that guy have that I don't have? You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Coco's been cooped up too long. He needs more athletics in his life. Yeah, he needs more exercise. Yeah, so this chapter starts with, um, if you'll remember, one of the big cliffhangers from the previous section was that um, Zoe Lambreth, had secretly called Quillerin, supposedly away from her friend um Butchie, which I have a lot to say about that this this section. Yeah. I with- have a, <laughs> I'm very <laughs> concerned about where the storyline is going, let's just put it that way. <laughs> but so Butchie has been there for her friend Zoe, as after Zoe's husband has been murdered. Murdered. And so then Zoe and we kind of get the idea that, that Butchie has been is taking care of everything for Zoe at her house but is also maybe a little bit seemingly overbearing maybe a bit controlling we're led to believe that I have some thoughts we'll get to them later but so Zoe calls Quiller in in the end of the last chapter that we read before this section um saying that she has some things to tell him and she has to not talk to him at her house and so Quillerin invites her over. And so this section starts with Quillerin, like, hilariously, like, kind of not knowing how to get ready for anyone to come to his house. And so he, like, goes to the grocery store. He, like, go. he, like, basically, we spend, like, basically half a chapter following Quillerin doing errands, which I guess what else is new? That just happens. <laughs> yeah. But these are, like legit like grocery store errands (laughs) yeah it's like more inane than
1: usual (laughs) yeah but it was really funny because he did the the thing that I think we've all done at some point when you have like an important guest coming over someone that you want to impress and you are like going through the checklist of like okay what do I need and then you're like forget something and have to like go back and it's like a little bit of a like oh my god but what if what if they want this instead of that and so he does, he definitely does that, where he's like, what do I, what do I offer her? Food and coffee? Okay, food, what do I need? Like, going to all of these stores, like, no, that's too pretentious. Like, no, yeah. that's too, too full of, you know, chemicals and not, like, doesn't seem homemade enough. So he finally settles on chocolate chip cookies, which
0: is a delightful choice. Sure, it's a great choice. Yes. I actually just For bought yes. John some chocolate chip cookies from Portland. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah, Uh, it is funny. So yeah. And then once Zoe gets there, we see him uh, not have any of the items that he selected for her used because she's too. Yeah, (laughs) you know into her story and yeah she doesn't want
1: the coffee because she's like gonna be too jittery she's watching her calories so she doesn't want the cookies she Mm -hmm. gave up smoking so she doesn't want the cigarette yeah it's like she has an excuse for like all of the things on the list doesn't want any of it
0: yeah and after she leaves there was a great line that was like and so we left Quillerin with the same like I can't remember what it was, but it, like, went through an inventory of, like, everything that he bought. And it was, like, she left him with the same thing that he had started with, basically. (laughs) But she does tell him some interesting things. She basically Mm -hmm. comes over. It's not quite as juicy as I would have (laughs) liked. But we do find out later that she's withholding stuff even from him um, in this interaction. Yeah. We do get my favorite line in this interaction. Oh, what's that?
1: Um, so I don't have the book in front of me, but I, it has to do with Quilleran staring at one of the most seductive parts of
0: her body. Oh, I know exactly what line you're talking about. Cause I read it and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, let me find it. Yeah. Hang on. That was, yeah. In... No,
1: I did the same thing. I was like, what? Like, what? First of all, why does she have that? And also like, what is that indicating? <laughs> Yeah. No, I like was is that implying same. something? Like I don't think I
0: under. Is this like a weird 1960s thing? Yeah. Oh, agreed. I was like, wait, that doesn't. What? Maybe it was thighs, right? Because the the line. No. Basis- oh, it was on? Un- was it under? Oh God, hang on. Let me find the. Oh, yeah. Line. Okay. So I don't. I don't want to like spoil
1: it, but I kind of do want to spoil it.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. Definitely go because I am. Um
1: gonna have a hard time finding it yeah, yeah yeah so it was the indentation below her knee below it was below
0: that's right because like what yeah what and I was like is that the like
1: is he talking about just like the bottom of her knee where it like bends or like why does she have an indentation below her knee is he talking about like knee-high socks Or stockings? Like, is she wearing but, like, why
0: is that extra sexy to him? Or, like, calves? Like, I definitely love a calf, but I feel like that's maybe more of a masculine thing because, like, I really like John's calves if that's not TMI. But, But... like, I'm not
1: sure women's (laughs) calves are, like... I don't know if, like, calves are considered below the knee because she was sitting, like, in theory facing him so it would be, like,
0: the front of the knee. You wouldn't really see them. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. And also, given potentially what she was wearing, like, could like what was he even seeing yeah you know like that was that's my question that's the
1: real mystery of this
0: book oh my god the real mystery what the <laughs> what fuck is... is he talking about <laughs> <laughs>
1: what is the
0: indentation
1: guys if you know what this is what is the indentation below the knee and why is it so attractive
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah what does that mean let us oh, know oh geez louise um yeah, I can't quite find it. I thought it was right at the very end of the chapter, which is where I am now. That first chapter that we read. Yeah, I think it was somewhere in the middle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't quite seem to find it. Um, but yeah, that literally was it. I remember reading that and being like, oh, okay, is right. Is this like a time thing? Like, is this a time frame? Like, that? I'm just not understanding what people thought was sexy, back in the day but quillard is basically lustily breathing after zoe all real hard this entire section. <laughs> lustily breathing after the space below her knee yeah yeah the space below her knee right so that's like <laughs> a shin like have, shins yeah. have been sexy? i don't and also like shins are notoriously very straight like there's no indentation on the shin unless yeah. you banged it on something maybe that's a thing maybe Lillian Jackson Brown just didn't fully describe it but maybe it'll come into play later that it's a clue that she has like a big old dent in the back <laughs> of her shin but like
1: <laughs> why would Quillarin think that's extra sexy
0: it's a shin dimple Julia haven't you heard of those they're so sexy I don't
1: know maybe I don't. maybe she just has knobby knees and he's like oh yeah
0: that good knee oh shit like, Yeah, maybe it just means, like, because I guess knees can, like, they have different, like, depending on how your leg is and, like, how you're holding it. Like, I guess they can have little ripples below, maybe? I
1: don't don't know. know. (laughs) Yeah, my knees don't have that. I feel like there are, like, a couple of different types of knees. Mine don't have any indentations below them.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like I truly don't spend enough time. I mean, I'm gonna now, but I don't <laughs> spend any time looking <laughs> at knees. i spend all night looking at my knees. <laughs> John's gonna get home and I'm gonna be like, show me your knees right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, guys, I just don't know. I don't we know don't get that. it. <laughs> we don't get it. Maybe we should have looked this up beforehand and been like, hey, what did people find sexy in the 1960s? late 60s early 70s because yeah not any specific
1: body parts the space between
0: and below body parts (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah because it is true like what's gonna have changed really between like just the normal big body parts that people find sexy Are we going to type that in and it's going to be like, oh, actually, the shins were really the thing in 1969. (laughs) It's like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, ankles were sexy at one point, but like I kind of get that because it was like the peak of, like, you know, like peekaboo of like the forbidden, like everything has to be floor length. And so if you see the ankle, it's like (gasps) something not normally seen. But like, I don't think there's any item of clothing or any like era in time where that is the same for right below the knee
0: right well and if we're thinking about time wise no, you're right like that that is kind of what I was initially thinking like oh we should have looked up to see like what you know makes sense in different time frames but you're right most of it a lot of it's based on you know fashion or like the ideas of what propriety means or like different things like that and in 1969 into the 70s Do, like we're like pattern. mini skirts aren't they right that's what Isn't i is not That like
1: fashionable
0: like i don't think anywhere on the leg is like taboo oh man i could just talk about this for a thousand years because what that's so absurd <laughs> it's so absurd <laughs> oh yeah. man well, maybe we should get back to the mystery because Zoe yeah. does relay some interesting information. She basically mm-hmm. comes over and confesses to Quiller and that she hasn't told the cops everything. The cops came to talk to her, she says. Um, and she's first worried because apparently Butchie was really antagonistic to them, which part of me was just like, Go Butchie, because like I don't know. The cops maybe, are maybe they were in her face. Yeah, exactly. And maybe they're interrogating her or Zoe a little too hard and she was like, Fuck off, can you actually arrest us? Then not bye. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was I anyway, that was kind of that was my first like a little alarm bell of like, oh no, but she's gonna be treated very poorly in this section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh so then right, so she goes from that and then from that Zoe says like the cops asked me if Earl, her husband, who is mm-hmm. now deceased, murdered, mm-hmm. had any enemies and she said basically says like what you know she's like ranting to quiller and like what a terrible question why would they ask me that and then Quillerin's like that's a really pertinent question did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it's like did he have any like but actually i want to know that too <laughs> yeah i think he actually says like i would have asked you i'm going to ask you the same question yeah yeah it was like in a
1: Firm but like gentle
0: tone, he said. Yeah. <laughs> but actually. <laughs> but. So, yeah, apparently she tells Quillerin what she hadn't told the police, which was that fucking everyone hated Earl, which I also was like, the police probably knew that. Yeah, that's kind of, I think that's kind of just a question for like
1: are there any like that stick out in your mind you know it's not necessarily like I'm sure if they've done their job right they already know that he was a well-hated member of the community
0: right it's also probably a test for her because she does say when she first gets there she's worried that she's been followed which seems a little bit far-fetched but who knows could be true and Mm -hmm. she also says like oh, I wonder if people are listening into our conversation, and Quillerin's like, no one's here except the cat. Um, <laughs> I but, mean, Coco is always listening. I mean, Coco can fucking read, so we can assume that he's listening to our conversation. But, yeah, so she is already a little paranoid, and she's saying things like, you know, you know is very conscious of who is around her and who's listening, so she's already a little bit concerned about that, and she's also, in that same way, concerned that the cops are suspecting her so it is also true that like it could have just been a tactic too of the police i mean I, pff, I am not a cop nor have i ever been through any sort of interrogation training but i wonder if like you know their way you know what lillian jackson brought at least is writing of the cops having asked her these questions it could have been a way of being like hey we already know this but like if you're like this is like a way for us to discern like if you're holding anything back from us or if you if it doesn't line up with what we already know then like maybe we couldn't think of you as more or less of a suspect you know what i mean yeah i guess maybe
1: but like if she were gonna be more of a suspect like if she were the actual murderer wouldn't it make more sense to be like oh yeah everyone hated him like everyone but me look at other people
0: yeah i uh, that's true that's a good point well either way she she definitely seemed like more of a suspect at the beginning of this section that we read and then at mm-hmm. the end I was, there was just too much going on i was like oh well bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah a lot happened a lot happened in this section yeah she does i'm trying to think of other like what else does she tell quillerin oh no, she did have that like i mean go ahead <laughs> Oh no,
1: I was just gonna say I just remember the monkey painting. Oh yeah, the monkey paint- painting was important. But that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't her that was totally Quillerin. I was gonna say like she did have like that like she came in being like we need to talk alone. This is important, but she didn't actually have like very important things to say.
0: No, she really just wanted Quillerin to ease her conscience, to be honest. Yeah. I think she just wanted to, like,
1: complain about her current situation and to, like, have someone listen without, like, probably without offering advice. Because it kind of sounds like Butchie is trying to help her in a way that would be, like, problem solving you yeah. know? And it doesn't sound like she really wants her problem solved right now. She just wants to, like, talk at someone.
0: Yeah, agreed. Which she definitely did. And then which also led Quillerin to realize that he had... That there was an inconsistency in some of the things that he had seen in the gallery, uh, the Lambeth Art Gallery, the first time he went versus the time mm-hmm. he went when the body was there, which was interesting because he basically realized that uh, there was a painting of a ballerina, right? hmm That was there initially that he had seen and that when he went in and, uh, you know, saw, you know, was there with the crime scene um when they were looking through the crime scene that it he was realizing that he didn't think it was there at that time and so he got a chance while zoe was in front of him to be like hey what's the deal with that painting and she was like oh that painting that's part of a really expensive like earl was looking for the second portion of that painting that like apparently there are two it got split in half at one point by accident and if they're ever reunited, then they are worth $150,000 together, which I should look up what $150,000 is in 1969, because I assume it's a lot more. Than- yeah,
1: I was going to say, it doesn't sound like a lot at this point. I'm like, Ma, 150, like, I can go to grad school like one and a half times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. In, t- in terms of student loans, it's not necessarily yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah or like i can buy a pretty shitty house in baltimore (laughs) uh let's see in 19 oh shit yeah that's over a million dollars in 1969 Ah, okay great yeah there we go (laughs) there we go (laughs) and that's why it's important (laughs) and that's the one (laughs) but yeah so it's kind of like a like a little friendship uh necklace apparently where it's like This one, um, I guess the other half, too, is like a monkey. And so if they're (laughs) ever reunited, the monkey and the ballerina, they will be worth over a million dollars in 1969. Yeah, it was actually
1: kind of funny. It sounded like, I don't know if this is a real artist or not. But it sounded like it was an artist that only painted either ballerinas or monkeys. And this was the only painting that he did where he did both at the same time. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. That is really funny. And so, right. So Quillerin kind of realizes that and is like, oh, shit. And then you she thinks that someone had a monkey painting. That was, yeah. Looking for that ballerina. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets more information from Zoe, who gets to be like, oh, that painting, like he was always trying to get like trying to find the other part of that. And if he ever did, you know, he would have gotten this much money. And then, yeah. So she basically just gets to like tell learn a little bit more about that. I don't think much else comes of that conversation, right? No, I don't think so. I think that was pretty much
1: the end of it because I think that was the the cliffhanger of that chapter was just her coming to realize like, oh, that actually was an important painting. I totally forgot all about it, but like that definitely could have been motive.
0: Yeah, no, you're totally right. Oh, and he does, Quillerin does send Zoe back to the cops basically because she had also forgotten about a phone call that she had heard the first time. So remember, Zoe had gone to the gallery earlier around like 4-ish, 4pm and had been gone to Earl to be like hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And he was like, yes but not now, like come back at like 7 or whatever. And so that when she had come back, that's when she had found him murdered. But at like 4 or whatever when she was there she had also heard him on the phone talking to someone she didn't know. But while she was there with Quiller and she was like actually that phone conversation was really strange because he kept saying to the person on the other side of the phone on the other line, the station wagons out back and he said it multiple times and then now zoe looking back on it is like that was really weird because our car we do have a station wagon but it was in the repair shop so it wasn't even there and she was like out back would have meant like behind the gallery in the alleyway and she was like i don't know that there was ever a car there and was like well couldn't have been another dealer or another artist or like someone else because Zoe basically says like everyone has station wagons in the art industry because you have to move a ton of paintings or whatever. And she's like, I don't know. I came in from the front and then the side, so I I never was in the back. Or no, she came in the back the second time and she didn't see anything, but the first time she didn't know. So that basically kind of points to the fact of like maybe someone else was there when she was there earlier or maybe someone else had dropped something off earlier or something else, some someone else being involved. Yeah. No, I, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. So what's next?
1: Um, so the next chapter, I actually, I can't remember which, which chapter is which, but I think the next chapter is maybe when he's, when Mont Clemens gets back.
0: Oh, yeah, I think so because Quillerin is like so sad that Coco doesn't meet him at the door. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, Where's my buddy? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, My
1: friend. He's not here. Yeah, so Mon Clemens gets back in this chapter um, and Quillerin finds out because Coco's not at the door to greet him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, he goes up, and if, I don't think anyone had. Um, given Mont Clemens the news while he was away in New York because no one could reach him but uh, Quillering goes up and is like, listen, I've got some bad news about one of your friends and Mont Clemens is like, I don't have the brain space for this, I don't care
0: yeah, basically he basically is like, I'm gonna go take a shower bye yeah,
1: Um, and he does come back later and invites Quiller into to dinner or drinks or whatever he invites him to. Um and they do talk about it a, a little bit more. But yeah, Montclemens Clemens does not seem to to be that concerned. Yeah, he seems like a big weirdo about it. Yeah. And I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to remember if anything like important came from that conversation. I kinda don't think it did. I don't think it did either. That I mean, it is the conversation where Montclemens points Quiller into the
0: happening. Oh right. It might have just right been like mm-hmm. a plot point and oh, I was gonna say something that gives away the later part. But yeah, right. It might have been partially a plot point to get him to the happening. Yeah.
1: Um so apparently there's this event that happens like what what, once a month or once ever so often that a bunch of artists are invited to and mont clemens is like oh i don't go to these things it's just like a waste of money or whatever but this invite will get you in for free you should go yeah so quilleran does but he actually i think he goes through a couple of errands before he gets there
0: yeah he has like he keeps joking with like himself and Riker that he had like such a big day because he like He interviews Butchie. He decides to go to the Mm -hmm. school where she teaches, and he interviews Butchie, which everyone's, like, really happy about. And, like, I don't think anything really comes, in like, interesting-wise of that. He also...
1: There was actually something interesting that came. I can't remember what, where this came from. I think it might have come from Zoe, but it came from somewhere else, too. Yeah,
0: I think I know what you're going to say. I think it first came from Zoe, and then Mark Mm -hmm. Clemens said it in a different way.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, but we we do learn that, so Zoe wanted Quiller in to interview Butchie because she wanted him to do like a human interest piece to help her out to kind yes. of like, get people more interested in her work because apparently she had been kind of like in the, the lineup to get this like big contract for doing like a sculpture somewhere. I can't remember the details about it, but it was like a $50,000 which, if $150,000 is over a million, then, like, $50,000 probably would have been, like, a several hundred thousand. Yeah. T- today's money, several hundred thousand dollar, like, contract for this piece of artwork that someone had commissioned. Some mm-hmm. um, It was a shopping center. <laughs> oh, a shopping center. That, yeah. Some shopping center was commissioning for, you know, a, a giant sculpture. Yeah. Um. But last minute she had lost it to someone else. Yeah. Um. And I can't remember who, did they blame Mont Clemens for that? They blamed someone for that.
0: No. So Zoe initially talked about it and just was like, I feel so bad for her. This happened. It really set her back. She was so upset about it. Mm-hmm. And then when he mentions that, so basically in that dinner with Mont Clemens or that dessert, I think it's like dessert drinks mm-hmm. Um. with Mont Clemens, they like Quillerin is like, but what about this person as the murderer? And Montclemens is like, no, because they're too artsy. Is like basically <laughs> always <Yeah>. her answer. <laughs> but basically, at one point they talk about Butchie, and they never really say that she's a suspect. But it that fifty thousand dollars slash you're you're right, probably like three hundred thousand dollars or whatever, is brought up, and Montclemens says oh, that was actually because of, like, that puts her into the suspect pool because that was totally Earl Lambreth's fault that she lost yeah. that. And he was saying, like, rightly so, like, she's not as good an artist as the uh, this other guy that they um, actually did commission for it. Because there was this whole, like, bias against, like, she does, like, welding, um, like, metal work. And then I think Mont Clemens was, like, they decided to go with this person who does, like, clay and bronze sculptures instead that seemed really like an opinion but basically it did come down to the fact that it was Earl Lambreth who had said to the like whatever shopping center higher ups (laughs) that (laughs) had asked him and uh, he had been like no don't don't give it to Butchie give it to this other person and so she had lost it specifically because of him Yeah. Well, which I don't know (laughs) if this is the part to say it but I'm V concerned that that Lilian Jackson Braun doesn't know how to write like LGBT characters, and maybe Butchie's a lesbian, and that they're just going to blame it on her, and that's going to be the end of the book.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I'm also concerned about that, and like we haven't gotten any information about Butchie's character. That's true of her sexual orientation. It's
0: true, but we do get a lot of gendered shit towards yes, her. Yes, we do. <laughs> I was
1: gonna say we do get <laughs> quite, the, uh,
0: the quite the the
1: quite the earful, <laughs> and quite the uh, I guess d- discrimination based on gender nonconformity.
0: Yes, agreed. That's like the biggest thing of this that I'm like okay so what she has like there's so many points where they're like where Quillarins like comparing Butchie to Zoe and is like oh if only like you know Butchie realized how you know much Zoe just looked so good and how much Butchie just they keep talking about her short hair and like different stuff like that and I know it's different times too I just this one hit me harder than others because I was like come on guys yeah but times um i can i can derail us by saying that shadow is freaking hysterical right now because he is he did the thing where he was he was cuddling really intensely with franklin and then he came over onto the bed and he almost got over to me but not quite and then he just laid down i watched this happen maybe two minutes ago and now he has stood up and he's just sitting you know how cats this is like one of my favorite things cats do when they're so fucking tired he stood up, I don't know why, I don't know what he was doing, because he's just standing there now, but, you know, or sitting, I guess, technically, but he's sitting so, like, properly, and he's just fully asleep, like, he is not <laughs> awake anymore. <laughs> you should just, like, poke him in the shoulder and see if he falls over. Yeah, I was gonna say he's doing that, like, wavering thing, where he's yeah. just, like, <laughs> definitely not, like, stable. <laughs> no. <laughs> Buddy oh he yawned oh yeah he's okay you waking up you fa- oh he's falling back asleep <laughs> oh man so okay so the happening should we go to that next because that's probably the next big thing um it is not oh shit <laughs> it is absolutely not oh no
1: <laughs> um, so a couple of other things happen there was something else in my brain that something else happened beforehand but we definitely need to talk about uh, meeting Nino.
0: Oh, fucking Nino!
1: B- before we talk about the happening, I think but I there put was... that
0: out of my head. I was like, I can't ha- I can't keep. I can't hold this. All right, yes, let's talk but... about it so that I can release it from my soul. <laughs> Wait, no, but I have to.
1: I have to think about. There was like a, There was another thing that happened before
0: the happening. Oh, it'll come to me. Let's talk about Nino. Okay. So, Zoe Lambreth, right? I think it came from Zoe when Zoe was at Quillerin's. Um, Zoe just, like, super randomly was like, do you know about Nino? And it's, like, specifically, like, it's spelled Nino, but she pronounced, and then Lillian Jackson Braun notes that she pronounced it like Nino, and uh, Quillerin's like, what the fuck is a Nino? I don't know what that is. And then Zoe is like, he is this Genius, visionary, blah blah blah. She describes his art. It turns out that it's really it's some it's the um, art that Quillaran has seen in the Lambeth Gallery. Also, side note: it sounds a lot like what Mom makes for us sometimes when she's trying to get rid of our shit and she just like moves a bunch <laughs> of our just, stuff like, together, together and right? Like... Drives a steak through it and is like, here you go, skewer your shit. A hundred percent. Oh, my God. Julie and I, for one Christmas, they're actually really cool. Our mom glued, like... Yeah,
1: I have mine.
0: I'm staring at it right now. Are it's, you? Like, on
1: my dresser, yeah.
0: She made us <laughs> these candlesticks that, like, were probably, like, two and a half feet tall and then, like, held a tea light at the very top. And, like, mine had, like, pencils, a rollerblade wheel, like a record, like, all of the stuff that she basically was like, get this shit out of my house. This <laughs> is from your childhood. And, like, stacked it all together and then just, like, gave it to us for Christmas as a candle holder. They're really yeah. cool. They are pretty cool. Yeah. But I they mean, sound- I really
1: like mine. It is actually the, like, it goes with my the color
0: schemes in my room, like, so incredibly well. <laughs> she knows so, yeah. as well. She knows. Yeah, she She's an yeah. artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they sound a lot like that. Like Nino, this artist puts a lot of found objects together. So it's like found object art. Um, yeah,
1: his sound a little bit less like artistically pretty and a little bit more like maybe kind of just trash. Yes, agree. Hard <laughs> agree.
0: Yes. It's in the same I mean, found object like, family.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's just like a little bit grungier. Like I think if it was like, it could probably do well in, like, a contemporary gallery these days. I would assume, like, there's a, like, there's a place for it in in the art community. But I think Quillerin was looking at it and was like, this doesn't make any sense. I hate this. You know, I also
0: hate to derail us again just to nitpick something that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. But <laughs> I'm going to do it. Okay. So the one thing i thought was so ridiculous i should have looked this up because i might just sound really stupid being like can you believe this and it's like actually a huge art form (laughs) but do you remember when so so zoe calls it thingism like they're made of things and i was like every bit of my being was like that's not a thing thing. (laughs) no that's just modern art right yeah i have li- literally no idea i know no. I, shouldn't have even I have no clue anything. i truly <laughs> don't know anything about art. i truly should have just kept this to myself but when i like when she said it because she was like oh he's so into thingism part of me was like oh wow what's that i don't know what that is and then her next sentence is he makes things from things and i was like okay so that's not a thing <laughs> you made that up <laughs> so it's the least creative name that you could potentially yeah. put on something <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god so basically yeah so quiller and so should we talk i guess we're talking about then so Quillerin goes to interview him right
1: yeah and i'm not sure where this actually is in the timeline i'm not sure it's the same day or if it was like before or after anything but i know it happens before the happening
0: yes no you're absolutely correct because yeah. of what happens at the happening. Because of
1: what happens at the happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Quillerin goes to talk to him, and every, truly everything that was in me was like, I can't, I can't with this conversation. I can't, I can't And Quillerin also, in this part, I was a little bit Quillerin because Quillerin talks to him for maybe five minutes and is like, okay, I, bye. I can't <laughs> either. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can pull up some of his lines.
1: Yeah, he he just like <laughs> so when Zoe was describing him, Quiller was like, Ah, yes, yes, he has beard, right? She was like, Oh my god, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like Quillerin knew, I think, before. Oh, the other thing that I don't think that we mentioned is this no one actually knows this person's name, like his real name.
0: Oh, he goes yeah. by like
1: a string of numbers. So yes. It's, like, nine-oh-something-something-something, but they're, like, all
0: numbers. Which is why nine-oh is pronounced nine-oh, because it's based on nine. Nine, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, it's, he's he's one of those characters that I would say is very non-traditional and non-conforming to literally everything. Like, just does not fit any of the, like, social boxes in any way shape or form and is like right just kind of in his his own world which I think is why so many of the well, maybe not so many but I think is why he's seen by people in the art community as such a genius because yeah that's fair it is his art is from a mindset that is very hard to grasp
0: by the the average everyday human That is true. And, you know, respect to that. That is a good point. Because, you know, when his name is being told to Quillerin, it's being told in the sense of like, he, you know, doesn't want to, he doesn't want even to be beholden to the idea of names or the alphabet or things like that. So it's like he shirks that by going to numbers. And so, you know, definitely, yeah, definitely. No, I I don't want to rail against anything that's you know nonconformity because that's awesome I think once he starts talking to Quiller and that was where I was just like this guy's a pretentious dick <laughs> yeah and
1: yeah I mean there's that but there's also like there's non-conforming in a way where you can still like interact with people this person is like so far beyond that that like I don't think anyone has had a meaningful interaction with him because he just like
0: yeah doesn't respond to conversation (laughs) no exactly that's the thing is that he you're no you're totally right the way that he interacts with people it's not to draw people closer it's truly to push people away like it's to or he just like doesn't
1: care and like says whatever is on his mind regardless of like what the other
0: person is putting out yeah good point yeah yeah exactly I'm like truly not doing a good job of finding anything in the book right now (laughs) (laughs) oh but the other thing we should talk about too is the dagger at the museum
1: yeah that was the other thing that was on my brain that I couldn't remember before
0: I thought so yeah oh okay here we go I think I found some of his here we go yep okay Let's see. Let me try to find some of the more ridiculous things that he says. Find the last one where he talks about doorknobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so Quillerin, let's see. This is at the, towards the end of their interaction. Quillerin says, um, <laughs> Quillerin backed away discreetly. He said, Nino, you appear to be a pessimist, but doesn't your success at the Lambreth Gallery help you help to give you an affirmative attitude towards life? Warm. Wanton, wary, weak woman. I talk to her. She talks to me. We communicate, is what he says back to Quillerin when Quillerin asks him that question. And then Quillerin says, Did you know her husband is dead? Murdered? And he's, then Nino says, We are all dead. Dead as doorknobs. Doorknobs! He shouted and plunged into a mountain of junk and desperate search. And it turns out he is actually looking for true doorknobs. Yeah. So great interview. Yeah. Really like, you know, get into the heart of uh, some issues. Yeah, so that is when Quillerin leaves. (laughs) Yeah, Quillerin does leave at that point, yeah. Quillerin
1: throws in the hat pretty early and just books
0: it on out of there. You know, and it's also true, though, that Quillerin knocks and then, like, no one answered and he goes in anyway, which is kind of like, maybe Nino just wasn't in the mood to talk.
1: Yeah, that's true, but something kind of tells me he would probably never be in the mood to talk...
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: In a way that Quilleran needs him to talk for
0: a successful pa- newspaper interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so the other thing we should talk about the museum is that, so Quilleran also, Quilleran does have a big day. He interviews Buggy, he goes to uh, talk to Nino, and then he also goes to the back to the museum where he made such a bad impression on the outgoing... Um, Like executive director art curator guy and um, he goes back to investigate this tip that he's gotten that the dagger of a specific um, exhibit is no longer there
1: yeah so I I don't think he gets to talk to the director but he talks to someone else yeah Um, I think he talks to the guy like right under him yeah but that guy is like very defensive like immediately yeah and is like I don't want to talk about it we've like we have like other things in that exhibit like the catalog is just listing you know like things out of the blue we might not even have like don't even worry about it and Clarence's like uh, no I actually know that this dagger is missing so just tell me yeah and so he finally breaks down and is like okay fine I forbid you from printing this in the newspaper we don't want this publicized but we have maybe misplaced a solid gold dagger
0: <laughs> right which is just terrible because i kind of love what quilleran says after that which is like you can't what are you doing you can't tell a newspaper what to print or what not to print you just told me a lot of shit so like bye
1: <laughs> yeah he's also like um this is a publicly funded museum
0: and so the public needs to know if you lose something <laughs> yeah he makes a lot of great points it was the first time that i was like yeah quilleran he
1: was also like of course i'm gonna bring this back to the newspaper so if you have a problem stop threatening
0: me and go to my boss right and also like if you didn't want me to print anything you should have just kicked me out like you were initially going to and then didn't and started spilling your guts
1: (laughs) yeah so Quillerin makes very good sense yes he does um and yeah, so this guy just he didn't give like too much information. He was just like, okay, yeah, we like noticed it about a week ago. It's been misplaced. We're still looking for it. Like, like we're basically we're not worried about it yet because we misplace things
0: all the time. <laughs> right. Which also was like why would <laughs> Which you also admit
1: is that? <laughs> worrisome.
0: Yeah. You're not a good museum if you're like mishandling and losing all of your shit.
1: Yeah. For a full week, like, you would think that maybe, like, oh, like, we it's not in the, you know, right place that it's supposed to be cataloged, like, everyone on the hunt for this and we'll find it within the hour, you know, right. and then not be concerned about it, but it's missing for a week, like, you should definitely be worried about that. It's a knife. Yeah, right. Like, aside that's... from being solid gold and, like, a historical value, like, that's a weapon that right. you lost.
0: That's a danger to the public. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Quiller, I don't think there's anything else in that conversation. I think Quiller is just like, uh, no, I'm actually going to go publish that right now. Bye. Yeah. And like leaves um, to go to the happening. And then the big thing that so the happening is like this weird. It's basically like a like an interactive art exhibit. Like you go and there are just like a ton of things like all around and you can interact with them including, like, there's, like, a knife suspended, or a sword suspended, like, in midair, um, and Quillerin's, you know, talking to a few different people, and is like, so wait, if you can really just, because one of the, I guess a couple comes in that Quillerin knows, and he, like, talks to them, and he's like, so wait, what happens here? And they're like, oh, well, we're gonna go, like, push some crates around, and we're gonna, like, maybe go over there, and, like, change some shit up over there, and Quillerin's like, well, there's, like, a knife hanging from the ceiling, so, like, isn't that scary? And, um, then they're like, no, nothing dangerous ever happens here. And then someone immediately gets murdered. <laughs> <laughs> or accidentally dies. We don't know. That's true. We don't know. And actually also not by the knife or the um, sword hanging in the air. No. It turns out, so now I feel bad because I should talk Nino for the last like 25 minutes. <laughs> Poor Nino actually dies. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, he he brings his new thing creation, his thingist creation. Number 37. To, number 37 to this happening. And Butchie apparently is putting it on. So, which everyone is kind of like, oh, we're surprised that Butchie like had this here because she kind of like hates him and she hates the idea of his like success or whatever. Cause he gets like more recognition than she does. And then Yeah, so his whole new thing that Quiller and thought saw him working on in the studio is at the happening, and so both Butchie and Nino are up in the middle of the, like kind of what like in the scaffolds, right? Yeah, like on like a catwalk or something. Yeah, and so, and then what? Someone is like.
1: So I think the the thing creation is suspended in air from what it sounds like to me it's like suspended in the air oh and i yeah i'm kind of unsure of how it happens because i know that like all there there's like two or three artists that are putting it on and like whose work is up there is like around so it's Nino butchie and like i think there might have been like one or two other people in there but they're like up high watching from above oh gotcha and so it sounds like at some point and in the night people are kind of like you know running around like tugging on things and like grabbing stuff and at some point they kind of turn to his thing and it sounds like it's being pulled from where it is down and so he was you know got a little upset and wanted to save it and so he like the story at least that we hear is that he was kind of reaching to try to grab it and save it from where he was and lost his footing and fell like however many feet from his high perch.
0: Oh I think I got confused because I think it I thought that it fell on him. I don't think it fell. I
1: mean it could have fallen on him. But I got the sense that it was falling and he was trying to save it and he fell also and it was just like
0: a really high fall. No, you're probably right because I was, as we know, speed reading and the reading <laughs> while I was driving. So I'm going to defer to you for all of the real facts here. Okay. Well, I think that's that's what happened. Yeah, I think you're right. So RIP Nino. I'm so sorry I just made fun of you yeah you also but there, still seemed like a douche
1: yeah he
0: he was definitely
1: quite a quite a character but not a very important one in the story <laughs> true
0: yeah which Sorry, was Nino. interesting because as soon as he died i was like oh that's interesting like i wouldn't have thought like i wouldn't have thought that he would have been right like a big enough character to die yeah. and then almost instantly well, I guess there is there anything else before the next thing that I'm about to dramatically reveal, like irresponsibly? Oh, Shadow. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Shadow's like flying oh. me. Oh. Um, we do have another
1: another run-in with uh, Zoe. We don't actually see it though, or like we're not there in the interaction, but um we do have like a conclusion to a bunch of mysteries while Quillerin's at the bar.
0: Well Quillerin's cool. at the
1: bar. You might have, like, sped red past this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you might need to remind me.
1: <laughs> so, at, at one point, so that we, like, we have a bunch of mysteries going on. Like, a little, little things going on that Quillerin has questions about. And so, he's, like, built this up into this big mystery. This big, like, kind of, everything's tied together. We need to, like, figure this out. and so
0: Oh, that's right. I do kind of remember this.
1: Yeah, so he goes and he's talking to to Arch at the bar and he's like yeah and what about this like then you know this ballerina painting with the monkey and this like knife that's missing from the museum and like all of these things are like are happening and we need to figure this out and Arch is like well you need to like focus on your job like you haven't even written the article that you're supposed to write like you need to do that first like leave the sleuthing to the police like don't worry about it but Quilleran's like kind of worked himself up and then you know as they're sitting there like they people come in and are like oh and we've solved this mystery and like oh we've solved that mystery like don't worry about this so like the dagger was found like in someone's safety deposit box or something like that because he was like studying it and like went to travel and didn't want to lose it so it was like locked away in one of his cabinets and the the painting was found in like a similar situation in like a storage unit or something something I think those might have been the two the two big ones do you remember if any other mysteries were tied up in that one yeah
0: I can't quite I think you're right I think that's I I think that does ow oh my god shadow I need to I really need to cut his nails um <laughs> yeah I think that's it because I just remember him being very like kind of smug and like telling everyone like oh all these things nothing adds up but like there's a mystery afoot and then yeah Yeah, everything kind of comes crashing down around him. And then he goes home.
1: No, he, well, he gets very despondent and actually orders himself a drink.
0: (gasps) That's right. Oh my God. He almost falls off the wagon.
1: Almost falls off the wagon because he's like, he'd like had all of these things in his head that he was, I think he was getting really excited about and like really wanted to figure out. And then, yeah, it all comes crashing down and he gets like really really depressed really despondent and is like well what do i do now like what's the point even like this you know i think probably the article that he's supposed to be writing is not very exciting to him so he was getting kind of excited about his job for the first time um and it turns out that like things were easily explained away but he was saved by the call zoe calls the bar and asks (gasps) for him oh that's right
0: and it's maybe implied that they have sex I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, okay.
1: No, I don't think so. I think it was implied that it she was like a a reason for him to leave the drink. You know, like uh, her okay. the the call from her was like as exciting as the mystery to him, you know, it like immediately lifted his spirits. Oh uh, okay. So, so he left the drink, left the bar, went and like had dinner with her, I think. And it didn't really oh, like you don't
0: dinner you don't,
1: yeah, you don't see them at dinner. It was just like, oh, he had like a nice dinner with her and like now he's heading home. So he did that right before. I think, oh gotcha. I, I think th- I'm I think I'm getting this timeline right. He did yeah. he was like at dinner with her and then came home afterwards. So he yeah. probably got home like a
0: little bit late-ish. I think you're right. I think I got confused because and I feel like anytime Lillian Jackson Braun like doesn't write a, an interaction like that aside from like the ghosts of the cat who talked to ghosts situation oh, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like anytime she like doesn't write something like that it's like oh and like Quiller and woke up the next day or you know like with Paul and Polly was wearing his shirt and like doesn't say something because it's like that they, they had scared. sense but you're right I just well, I think I was being too jumping to conclusions I was jumping to conclusions <laughs> it's all my fault
1: yeah I don't think it's I don't think it's there like I don't think they have quite that relationship I mean her husband just died
0: I know it's true but if she's a murderer I mean, but she, if she, she's a she murderer
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it doesn't I mean Quilleran was with her for dinner so if she was the murderer she'd have to be two places at once because what do we come home to
0: that's true holy shit you guys we come home to kind of what we thought was gonna happen from the beginning which is that George Bonifield Montclemens Clemens III has expired in his home. Not of natural causes. Not even in his home. That's true. Technically outside his home. And poor Coco. So Quillerin gets home. It's so sad. He, like, gets home and he's so happy because Coco's meeting him at the door and he's like, oh, my friend. And he does his Quillerin thing, which is, like, to be, like instantly berating him of like, you fair weather friend, you weren't here for me yesterday when your person was home and like you're coming at me now. But then he's also your like, person's dead. I know, because your person's dead. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean and doesn't know that yeah It's true, <laughs> but it is really funny because we kind of know, like you can just tell I mean some... we suspect for sure. <laughs> That's true. Hard suspect. Yeah, Yeah, because Quiller, or Coco basically is like, Quillerin's just kind of blustering around and is like, what are you doing, old chap? And Coco's like, rah, and is like just, you know, acting so different and is just like walking around everywhere and he's apparently kind of like, first he starts like apparently walking and like brushing himself against like all the stairs and then like against Quillerin's legs and is basically doing the thing of trying to be like, hey, follow me. And then, like, once Quiller and kind of, they do this, like, whole thing. It, like, takes them so long to actually get to, like, what? It's the back, um the, like, outside, like, outside his uh, apartment, right? It's, like, out in the back, kind of, where the second apartment is? Yeah, it kind of sounds like, I could be
1: wrong, but it sounded to me like it was, a, like, almost a, uh, like, a fire escape. Like, a back yeah exit from the second floor to like an area of the yard that you can't get to from the outside
0: yeah yeah that's right
1: maybe like an like an outdoor corridor that you can only get
0: to from the back like top staircase fire escape thing yeah no that makes sense yeah because he does tell the cops when the cops come um because and also as a small side note he has a hard time deciding who to call first. But he does call the cops first. And then the, <laughs> the newspaper. Second. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when he does call the cops, he does tell them, like, you have to come in through the front door. You can't reach it through the back. Like, uh, like it sounds like you might be able to.
1: Yeah. Which they don't listen to and try to come in the back <laughs> anyway. <laughs> They're like, yes, they come in the front after they decided that the back is truly locked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we I mean, we don't know what happened. We just know that Quillarin opened that back door and looked down and was like, mm, yep, he is definitely dead down there. So it kind of seems like he yeah. was just lying. And it doesn't say, do you remember if it said if there were, like, pools of blood anywhere? Or if there was, like, any indication of how
0: he died? You know, that's interesting. I don't think there was, actually, any.
1: Yeah, I don't think there was either. I think he was just very obviously
0: dead yeah I think so too I think it was maybe at the most that maybe he was at a strange angle too that it might have looked but I I honestly don't think they even mentioned that I think I was just imagining that yeah yeah I guess I kind of assumed that
1: he was probably pushed down the stairs
0: that's what I assumed too I assumed he had fallen
1: Yeah. Or fallen. Yeah, maybe he just tripped. We don't know. It could have just not been a murder. Yeah, Nino and Montclemens could have not been murders. They could have been accidents. We have no
0: idea. Sorry. Yeah, I actually didn't mean fallen. I meant like pushed because murder. (laughs) Because murder. Because murder. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but wouldn't that be, like,
1: an interesting twist? Like, only the first one's a murder, and all the other ones are just, like, freak accidents?
0: Well, I mean, it could be, I mean, granted, I don't think any of these are freak accidents, and I hope she really does tie them together, because that would be more (laughs) vindicating. Yeah, I don't either, but they could be. They could be, and I wonder if, too, maybe there could be one of those things where, like, maybe the first two are murders, and Mont Clemens had done the first two, and then maybe, you know, died by suicide, Himself after the fact, or you know, there are a couple of ways that it could come, you know, still be a mystery and connected, but also not all murder. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't a suicide, maybe he did two murders and then just like died because he cackled too hard at the top of the <laughs> stairs and like threw his head back and did a little tumble.
0: All right, you know what? All the money on that i was gonna say right now Vegas his, odds, that's the one he did his, his
1: evil villainous cackle too hard <laughs> and overshot
0: and just you know accidental death he expired by disney villain syndrome <laughs> oh man you know what's really funny is that while i was reading it when we got to Mont Clemens being yeah. dead there was a point where I was like oh I have such a theory and I can't wait to tell Julia and it clearly wasn't good enough to even fucking remember because now <laughs> I'm sitting here like yeah I don't know what that was what gonna... was that Bye. Yeah. well the thing I'm really worried that it's gonna be I'm really worried that it's gonna be revealed because someone at one point did say like oh we think Butchie like has a crush on Zoe and I was like it better not be some fucking trope where, the- where Butchie is like just like in unrequited love with zoe and it's just like murdering a bunch of people because that theory has been floated already and i am unhappy with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be i mean
1: it would be fitting with the 1960s time oh, frame it but it certainly wouldn't make the book time appropriate these days it definitely wouldn't be the ending that ages
0: well no it also Shall wouldn't be stay? as interesting like, yeah it wouldn't be that just doesn't I mean I guess in the same way that like we it just especially now like that doesn't ring true and so maybe that's playing into it too but part of me is like no it's just so much more I don't know there, there just would be so many more like interesting layers if it was like uh, yeah I don't even know yeah
1: well you know who has been like in theory traveling i guess but like obviously <laughs> and suspiciously missing i know who you're gonna say the past couple chapters please say it for me because i forget his name
0: <laughs> cal Halapay. that's the one. <laughs> oh we work as a team together but not separately <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah part you know encyclically like I think that's another reason why it wouldn't be as good if it wasn't him or even Sandy like I was kind of thinking too maybe that's what I was actually thinking earlier of like it would be really interesting if it was Sandy yeah oh because we do actually see her yes in this book with (laughs) oh my god literally it's (laughs) no it's like literally the John Doe of names like you're I don't know why you don't get it because it's like (laughs) I <laughs> you don't remember? It's John Smith, no. Julia. <laughs> it's like the most bland and memorable of all names. <laughs> it's like the name they give dead bodies. <laughs> oh, sorry. I shouldn't poke at you because you really are just bad at names. <laughs> I'm
1: so bad at them. <laughs> I don't oh, know.
0: It's true. It's I knew really it great. was
1: like... <laughs> I knew it was the John Doe of names, but all I could think of was Tom Hardy.
0: <laughs> Excuse you, Tom Hardy is an excellent name, and I will not hear him bad mouth <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, poor Tom Hardy. <laughs>
1: but it's a memorable name because I know it. <laughs> oh oh oh! i see yes
0: sure don't don't be offended tom hardy i remember your name that's true (laughs) if anything it truly is the one name that you remember so it's honestly a compliment (laughs) but it is like but obviously the
1: most generic name i know because (laughs) one i think of it's not even that
0: generic i feel (laughs) like it's not Oh God! Oh, anyway, so funny. So yeah, so John
1: Smith, who who I don't I didn't make any connections to. Did we meet him before?
0: We did. Yeah, he is actually he was the sassy uh, guy under the the executive director at the art museum, who oh, sasses okay. Quiller and is like, "I forbid you to print this." And Quiller's like, "We'll <laughs> go to hell." Um, it's that guy.
1: All right perfect
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah we see him later at a uh, just a random because and doesn't cook so he goes out at one point and he sees Sandy Halepay with John Smith and it's quite a little real <laughs> with Tom Hardy right of course with Tom Hardy well that's sad because now I think I think he's not supposed to like look like this but now I'm just going to picture Tom Hardy
1: <laughs> which is wrong <laughs> no I don't think that's
0: what he's supposed to look I don't like. think so either
1: oh man anyway (laughs) i think is the other guy who i don't know how to describe is his name tom the like butler slash houseboy slash
0: like protege artist you might be right that might be his name there might actually be a tom so i might be there might be a tom somewhere for less of a reason. Still part of a reason. I stand by most of it, but maybe not all of it. I'll relinquish some of it.
1: Yeah, I think I made the connection cuz I read John Smith and was like, "Oh, it's the the like houseboy." But then that's they like right. mentioned him in like the one of the next two couple of paragraphs and I was like, "Oh no, that's the houseboy."
0: <laughs> you know, it could actually be the houseboy it totally
1: could be the houseboy. we don't know anything about him he seems
0: oh, very Franklin. stoic did you hear Franklin? no I didn't I just walked out John just got home and apparently Franklin was like had like started to claw one of our chairs and then had gotten stuck <laughs> oh. did you stick your little claws? did you get stuck? Oh. and then he walked but... in here and meowed at me um, yeah I mean to be fair it truly could be like anyone except Quiller and an arch Riker at this point I think yeah it's true but yeah my money you're right my money's on either sandy or Cal. i think that would be the most interesting of all of these
1: yeah i mean they should definitely at least come back into the story at some point
0: yeah yeah that there's like a reason that he's gone as much as he is or you know whatever
1: he's definitely like business traveling but like that could mean anything that's true is that it
0: i think we got to the end
1: I think we did too yeah was there anything that happened after the murder I think that was just kind of like the big thing but I can't remember if there was another cliffhanger
0: yeah I know that kind of snuck up on me even though it's like almost been two hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that was it reading in kindle is so silly because every now and then I just like Tap too hard on the screen, and I like randomly highlight words.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> do, do, you do that, that too? too. Yeah, and then I can't just leave it, even though I know I'm never gonna see it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just passed uh, an and that I had highlighted. Right? Oh, so I always I take the
1: time to highlight it because I'm like, no, this cannot be highlighted. It's not important.
0: I'm not sure I actually know how to unhighlight. I just only know how to accidentally highlight. <laughs> 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 That's fair um let's see 13 oh shit that's 13 we haven't read 13 have we we have not oh god I went too far I must have highlighted something in a section I didn't even know (laughs) jeez oh no it's just the end where Coco's um doing his dead body dance Mm. so he does the dance that we know from the cat most of the books i think but definitely the cat who saw rad and quilleran just like picks him up and runs i think while the police are investigating and then i think there's a bit here hang on let me reread this just to make sure because there is a point where the officers are talking to quilleran and i think they're talking about how his body looks hmm. um let's see oh yeah the downstairs who lives downstairs no one is for storage Quillerin told them, at first I thought he'd fallen down the steps. They're treacherous, but he's lying too far from the bottom. Looks like a body wound, they said. Looks like it might have been a knife. Oh, I forgot what oh. they said. That. Upstairs, the cat arched his back and made long legs and stepped lightly in a pattern of ever narrowing circles. Which, remember, that's also the way that Quillerin described it later when um, in The Cat Who Moved a Mountain, the mountain dwellers did that circular pattern that was like remember the like they were trying to give good energy to Mm -hmm. people who needed it yeah I didn't realize that his dead body dance was similar to that I thought it was just his like clue dance yeah I think the the
1: dead body dance is tail straight up and like walking in a circle around the dead body
0: Um, kind of like a
1: little prancy
0: yeah and that maybe he even though now he's not in the area of the body he's still doing it Mm Mm-hmm but i mean this is so yeah that was the end of our chapters this week but um that i'm assuming starting next you know starting from this moment this is when Quillerin acquires coco <laughs> yeah i mean it's not official yet but it may as well be yeah because he at least is going to be taking care of him until anything else is official but
1: yeah. Ooh, I wonder if Quilleran even volunteers for it. I wonder if it's just written into the will and Quiller, <gasps> like has to take him. <laughs> oh shit, that'd be really funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'd be happy about it because he seems pretty sure. attached to Coco already. But it'd That's be really true. funny if it was like, And my cat, I bequeathed to this like newspaper
0: man that I've known for like five days. Honestly, I kind <laughs> of hope so because the whole tone of this chapter, or these chapters in particular, were just so funny related to Quillerin because he just, like, so, he, he's obviously, like, such a, it's just such a perfect combo of, like, him being kind of grudging at, like, being forced to take care of Coco, and then being so fucking attached to Coco that he's, like, I love this so much, I hate that I was forced to do this, I love this so much, and like, then this is, like, the, that was obviously, like, the the chapters before, but this, these chapters are very much like the like I loved that so much and I don't have that anymore you know and like mm-hmm. it just would be so funny if like the way that he got coco was similar to that of like he obviously really wants coco for himself but if it were forced upon him in the same way that these errands were forced upon him yeah i'm sure he'd would be he grumpy be cranky, about it cranky about it
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man well guys tune in next week for our conclusion it could truly be anyone at this point we've made our guesses i mean mostly everyone else besides Quillerin. yeah um but yeah thanks for listening we hope you like it and uh yeah come back next week yeah i'm really enjoying this book even though oh my god this book is dead to me if butchie did it at the (laughs) end um you can find us on social media (laughs) 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 want to find us on social media we are paranormal captivity pod on instagram and paranormal pod on twitter um we're also on patreon if you want to support us on patreon we're so so grateful for that we have a goodreads account a little book club if you want to join that and follow along with the chapters that we're reading and i think that's it Happy in-between your real birthday and your fake birthday, Julia. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> and happy end of the week to everyone else, because we're that's definitely true. not posting this on Monday when we should be.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. We are shaking it up a little bit. So,
1: <laughs> yes. Happy happy end of the week and happy almost weekend.
0: Yeah. Happy almost weekend. He put a funny emphasis on that that I liked. <laughs>
1: And I guess we'll see you all back on Monday at our regularly
0: scheduled time (laughs) next week. That also means I need to read very quickly. Yep. (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, bye.